up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined as always by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, uh, we, we we talked football last week, what, but now we're back to basics. We're back to baseball, and we've got uh, a new set of rankings up to talk about. So we're going to have a, a fun show tonight. You excited? I am excited. I'm, gl- I'm glad to be home here in Richmond. I had a long Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I think I talked to you about how you know, my friends and I go to the beach. It used to be that we would go to the beach and it would be just like young people with no kids. And now it's, we all have like multiple kids. And uh, I don't know if you saw the weather, uh, you know, this weekend on, along the coast, but it was a little rough. So we didn't, we didn't get a beach day until like Sunday. So we had like 12 kids running around a house for a couple of days inside. So it was a little crazy. It felt like about a hundred kids. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, you know, I always liked the rainy days at the beach, but that's like when if I had like two weeks of beach vacation or something, then like yeah. you get that one rainy day and you go to the movies or something like that. But uh, when you're just working with a three day weekend and you, you get bad weather for two out of the three days, that's uh, that's not what you're looking for. It did <laughs> make the sunshine kids around. It did make the sunshine that much better, though, when we finally got it. I'll say that. Okay, well that's good. Well, my my sunshine was that I I made a trade in my keeper league. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> I uh, how'd you like that segue? Um, nice. <laughs> I traded uh, I traded Nolan Gorman, who I, I love, and he's been yeah. on a tear this season. And I love the post type sleepers. Talk about it on this show every week. Uh, and he's one of my favorite post type sleepers this season. But uh, I got an offer I couldn't refuse: uh, Ozzy Albie's and Josh Hader for Nolan Gorman and I I'm in a really tight race uh for saves I really needed those saves from Hader and I feel like Albies is a player I've always really liked um he's off to a kind of slow start this year Mm -hmm. not that bad I mean he was really good in April and then didn't wasn't as good in May but he's still like on a 30 home run pace the the thing that's interesting is he's not been running at all yep and that, you know, in the spring there was hype that he, I think he said he could go 30-30 or even 40-40, and he only has one stolen base this year. So uh, that hasn't really been happening. But Gorman's not a st- stolen base guy either. So I kind of feel like it could be pretty much a wash between those two guys. Um, and maybe Albies is even the safer guy just because he's, you know, proven to be a good player for multiple years. Um, so I, I was willing to make that swap to get the closer. What do you think? I think it's good. I mean, like, you know, you're in this keeper league, uh, so maybe Gorman, if Gorman really goes off and he could be a mainstay, like he's a little bit younger and things like that. So there's some upside, untapped potential there. But I like the trade. I mean, like, you know, needing saves, Hater, you know, could end up leading the league in saves. I know when I did my um, podcast, my solo podcast before the season, you know, I sprinkled a little bit on him because I had a boost to, like, you know, who's going to lead the league in saves. So I put it on Hater. I put it on someone else, but, I, you know, He's looking like you know the leader in the clubhouse. So he's up there, I know, and he's he's just he's done it before. So yeah, I like I like what you got as far as solid solid uh, players and Albies. Like you said, he had a home run today in Oakland, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, like Hater. I mean, you're going to get great ratios. You're going to mm-hmm. get tons of strikeouts. So it's not just the saves. I mean, he's in five by five leagues. He's like a top thirty overall player just with the contributions that he's making across the board. So definitely big value there but um you know i don't like to take big hits to my keeper spots but i don't i just don't see this as a big hit i mean ozzy albies is 26 so even though nolan nolan gorman's 23 i mean they're both really young like they're both gonna have (laughs) many good years in front of them i think um you know i i think the way i look at it is i think gorman has 
a little bit more power um, than Albies. Maybe, you know, even though Albies does have that 30 home run season under his belt, um, I feel like Gorman could be a, a 30 home run guy year in and year out, whereas Albies might be more of like a 25 home run guy. Yeah. Um, but Albies still has that stolen base potential if he just decides to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he does. And I also think he might be a little bit better in the batting average category when all is said and done. But they should both be uh, pretty solid there as well. And I remember talking about guys like Matt Olson and some some Braves this time last year, uh, you know, and just taking a little bit of time to heat up. I mean, the, the weather literally heats up and it gets, you know, more humid in Atlanta and balls start flying out. So, um, and as, as far as hater, just one more thing, like he was my number one closer coming into the season, you know, on the website and I haven't moved off it. The only person relief pitcher ranked ahead of him is Spencer Strider. And that's not, <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. And that was a good call because he was coming off a rough year last year. I mean, yeah, that's been one thing with Hader is he has had some bumps in the road at times. Uh, like he looks like the most dominant player pitcher in baseball uh, when he's on his game, but he has had a few rough stretches, but uh, he looks in peak form this season. And yep. uh, I don't see any reason he can't continue that for the rest of the way. Um, and that's reflected in our rankings, right? I'm going to do another segue here. <laughs> uh, Josh Hader is uh, currently ranked uh, inside of our top 45 for both mm-hmm. of us overall in our rest of season rankings. I've got him at 42. You've got him at 39. Yeah. Uh, so he's actually the highest rated player <laughs> of the three players in the trade in, in terms of rest of season value. Uh, and that's not really surprising. Um, so, yeah, we've got new top 500 rest of season rankings up at rosrankings.com and there was some movement uh, at the top um i mean not the very top because that's ronald acuna and aaron judge and I, yeah. I, honestly it's hard to say anyone else is really that close to those two at this point but uh freddie freeman checks in at number four in my rankings uh you have him at six but he's our number four overall player now um ahead of uh the other top first baseman, you know, Pete Alonso is having a great season as well, but he's ahead of him. He's ahead of Vladimir Guerrero. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're at the point in the season now as we approach June where we have to sort of, with these top players, we know they're all good, but we have to mm-hmm. reward performance at a certain point, you know. And I see you still have Jose Ramirez fourth overall. Uh, I moved him down to 12th. I just, I feel like. You know, these are all really great players. So for me, I'm going to give the edge to the great player who's also been great in these first two months. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And like with Jose Ramirez, the big thing coming into the season was like the position. Um, you know, like you just mentioned some other really good first baseman. Uh, Pete Alonso's doing great. Matt Olson's looking great. Uh, Vlad struggling a little bit. But yeah, I mean, uh, I probably I probably should move Freddie Freeman above Jose Ramirez based on what he's doing. I mean, he's batting 344 which, you know, he probably won't keep that up the rest of the season, but uh, he could. It would be a career high, uh, but, I mean, he's a career 300 hitter, so I fully expect him to stay afloat above 300. He's done it each of the last four seasons. Uh, really, I'm just, there's only one season in, like, the last 10 <laughs> that he hasn't batted 300. And, of course, you know, some of the other stats are just, you know, he already has 10 home runs. Um, so, yeah, just it, doing everything for the Dodgers, uh, everything except – a ton of stolen bases, but he does have six. So, like, he's on pace to maybe outdo his 13 from last year. Yeah, and getting that at first base is just a huge plus. Um, yeah. You know, with Ramirez, I, he's a little bit like Hater in the sense that he has had some some extended slumps at times in his career and then can just be a complete monster for months at a time or even seasons at a time. So 
maybe Jose Ramirez uh, does that the rest of the way. It's possible, but um, it's not just Freeman for me. It's also Jordan Alvarez, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Marcus Simeon, just all these guys who we knew were really top 20 guys coming into the season anyway. Mm-hmm. And they've just been so good. Um, you know, I couldn't really justify having those guys behind Jose Ramirez at this point. Yeah, that's fair. I, I see you've moved uh, Mike Trout down a little bit. And it's interesting because he's, I mean, he's like a top 50 player, um, but he's, and he, he's been hitting a ton. He's got, and he hit a home run um, today off Lance Lynn. We'll get to Lance oh, Lynn. Don't remind me. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I'm just looking at like his, his game log and it's, I guess it's solid, but it's not like he has a zero for stolen bases. And so, you know, he's batting 277. I just think Mike Trout, I had a, I have a hard time moving him down much. I see you've moved him down a little, but he's still like, if I were drafting today, I think I'd have a hard time taking him at like the turn in round two, for instance. Yeah. So I moved him down to 27th overall, which is, it's, there's no, there's nothing bad about that. I mean, that's a really strong range to be in, you know, I mean, he's with some really good names. Um, He's right there with Trey Turner, in fact, who we'll also oh. talk about a little <laughs> later. But, uh, but yeah, I you know I think the thing about Trap for me is just there's some limitations in in him as a player now because he doesn't run anymore. Uh, he's not a 300 hitter anymore. Um, you know, so he's really kind of like he'll be a decent like he'll hit 270, 280. Um, but. The power, I mean, is kind of the main thing he's giving you at this point. And I just feel like some of these other guys in the top 20 are five-category monsters, you know. Um, Or a guy like Jordan Alvarez, who also doesn't steal bases, is going to hit over 300, you know. So um, I just feel like Trout is – he's still a very good player, and I think he has a really high floor. I just question – I feel like the name – tied to the player inflates his value a little bit at this point because I don't think he has that same ceiling that he used to have. Well, before we get into some other shakers, why don't we talk about Trey Turner real quick? We're talking about the top of our, you know, our rankings here. And Trey Turner, I'm looking at our shortstop rankings. He's now the seventh ranked shortstop. You know, we have Bo Bichette, Fernando Tatis Jr., Marcus Simeon, uh, who you just mentioned, Mookie Betts, Bobby Witt Jr., and Wander Franco, who's been flying up. Dude has been stealing so many bases. I know we didn't list him in the show notes, but like, He's on a crazy pace, and he's not even like that fast of a guy, but he is finding a way to steal bases like all the time. Uh, he wasn't in the lineup today, but I've, I've been betting on him to, to steal bases uh, even, and it's getting to the point where it's becoming cost prohibitive. It used to be like four to one, five to one, but now it's like two to one for him to st- for him just to steal a base because number one, he gets on base a ton. Um, but anyway, we have we have all these guys above Trey Turner, and I was looking at Yahoo some one-for-one trades for Trey Turner. People are trading Marcus Simeon, Manny Machado, Max Scherzer, uh, Kyle Tucker, sure. Um, Dylan Cease, eh, maybe not. <laughs> um, but there are there, it's interesting. Like, What do you think about some of those one-for-one trades for Trey Turner at this point? Oh, I mean, if I could get Kyle Tucker for Trey Turner, I would do that for sure. Uh, who are the other names you said? Um, well, Marcus Simeon, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would take. I mean, in 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 redraft, yeah, I would take Marcus Simeon over Trey Turner at this point. Manny uh, Machado is an interesting one because he still hasn't come back from injury, but you know, so that's that's a that's a little dicey. I feel like you could get Manny Machado plus something else. Yeah, I mean, Machado was also kind of struggling himself before right. he got hurt. So that one, yeah, I I think that's a little dicier. 
you know, I still have faith in Manny Machado, um, and I still have faith in Trey Turner. Like, I still think they're both clearly top 40, top 50 kind of players, but um, we're a third of the way through the season now, and the clock's ticking, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to um, – you're choosing between great players at this stage, and you want the, the great players who are also in great form, like I said. And these are – that just doesn't apply to these two. I mean, the scary thing about Turner to me is – um, the underlying numbers don't really paint a picture that he's been unlucky or anything like that. I mean, his batting average is 240. His, his expected batting average is 242. Uh, slugging is 378. His expected slugging is actually even lower, 359. I mean, that's mm. just incredibly low. And then the, you, you look at the fact also that it, it kind of uh, is a holdover from last season. I mean, last year um, he certainly – was a good player for fantasy because um, he had 21 homers, 27 steals. Uh, but his batting average w- dipped under 300 um, for the first time in a few seasons. And, uh, you know, the StatCast numbers last year were, were down too. I mean, his expected batting average last year was only 276. Um, his expected slugging was only 432. So uh, he, he actually outperformed his underlying numbers last year. Uh, had a pretty solid season, but... Um, you know, it just seems like there's kind of a trend of him of him um, going in the wrong direction. And this year, the strikeout rate has really spiked. So uh, that's going to make things harder on him as well. Yep. I was just going to mention the strikeout rate, which r- right now is looking like a career worse since like his rookie year, as, you know, as a national. Um, but, you know, still has seven stolen bases, which isn't great considering, you know, his sprint speed. I mean, he's fast. You know, he's he doesn't show signs of slowing down even though he's getting up there uh, a little bit in age uh he's still he's still really fast so he just needs to get on base a little bit more you know he's he needs to be batting 300 um definitely a good buy low candidate but can you really buy low on trey turner because people who drafted him drafted him with a top five pick yeah i mean i guess it just depends what you're willing to pay i mean if you're going to give a couple like hot names you're probably not going to get it done but if you're willing to you know move somebody who has really uh, kind of solidified their standing in the top 50 or something, you might have a shot, you know, like yeah. the manager could be frustrated. Um, so, you know, like someone like, like Josh Lowe or something like that. I mean, maybe you could get Trey Turner for Josh Lowe. Sure. Maybe. Or Josh yeah. Lowe plus a, plus a, a pitcher uh, who may be struggling a little bit or just, you know, a starter that you don't want to drop, <laughs> but someone else might see some, something there. Yeah. But I do think, you know, you mentioned he's seventh for us at shortstop. I feel like that says more about how many great shortstops there are than it does about Trey Turner, though, because those six, seven names you mentioned above him are all uh, really, really good players who are having really, really good seasons. So it's yep. no uh, major. In- I, like when you mentioned that, I was at first kind of shocked by it. But yep. then you say the names. I'm like, well, yep, <laughs> that's kind of the way it needs to be at this point. Yeah, right. And Mookie Betts has found his way to the shortstop position, too, since the start of the season. So we've that's just one more name above him. Yeah, he's he's fast becoming the best player ever that had three position eligibility (laughs) that's just not not something you usually see from the superstar players because they're usually just kind of locked in at one spot in the field but uh mookie Betts is a gamer man he'll just play anywhere that that uh they they uh, want him to play he just wants his name on that lineup card absolutely well do you want to you want to get back back into some movers where do you want to go from here yeah well you know usually we we often talk about some young players and um you know, we didn't do a baseball show last week, so uh, we've got two weeks of uh, names to catch up on here. So there's a lot to talk about. But why don't we talk about some rookies and call-ups? Um, 
Royce Lewis is, I think, maybe the biggest name um, to talk about. Uh, this is a guy who um, looked like he was breaking out uh, last season and then, uh, of course, suffered that injury that ended his season, and uh, we just had to patiently wait. He's still only 23 years old, though, and um, it, it didn't take him long once he got on that um, rehab assignment to show that he belonged in the major leagues. He uh, hit 333 with four homers and two steals in uh, in eight games um, in uh, AAA um, prior to the call-up and then has come right up and uh, already hit a homer mm-hmm. uh, in just his first two games uh, with the Twins this season. So uh, what do you expect from Royce Freeman? Because this is a prospect that was high up on everyone's list uh, and just the injury has sort of uh, delayed his uh, arrival. Yeah, I mean, former number one overall pick. I, I always, I always love love those guys. Um, <laughs> get that prospect pedigree, but yeah, I do think I'm looking at the fact that uh, he rested tonight. He wasn't in the lineup against uh, the Astros, um, so you might see some of this maybe managing his workload coming off the injury. Uh, but I do think the way they're inserting him in the lineup, um, we've seen some other guys go down, like Jose Miranda. You know, Trevor Larnack has gone up and down. I feel like guys like. Uh, Royce Lewis, you know, he's, I think he can be here to stay, you know, especially the way he's hitting. I just think like the stolen bases may not be there. Uh, We'll see. I mean, we thought the same thing about Ronald Acuna coming off a knee injury and he was like, the power wasn't there and he was stealing bases left and right last year. So maybe we'll be wrong there, but I think like this is someone who could, could hit for, you know, maybe he'll hit 250, uh, slug, slug quite a few home runs, but I don't, I'm a little concerned about maybe the stolen bases not being there. Like maybe they'll handle him with kid gloves. And I don't think the twins are stealing a lot of bases in general anyway. Could be. I mean, he did steal four bases in his 10 games in the minors, uh, prior to getting the call up though. So that's encouraging. That's true. Uh, He has had ACL, uh, an ACL tear twice now. So that is a little concerning. It, It calls to mind, um, the injury, the chronic injuries with him do call to mind his teammate Byron Buxton, and that's kind of what you hope he doesn't become because right. Byron Buxton has just uh, been a cursed player. I think at this point, it's safe it's, you could kind of say that about him. But um, hopefully, the the patience that is required with Royce Lewis has already been um, cashed in at this point, and and that he can stay healthy going forward because um, he's still got uh, a lot of good years ahead of him as long as those injuries don't interfere. Yep, and and um, Alex Kirilov, <laughs> you mentioned kind of cursed, <laughs> yeah, know, different yeah. different injury, wrist injury, but yeah, I mean, I've I've moved Royce Lewis. I'm just looking at our rankings again. Shortstop is super deep. Um, it looks like we've moved Royce Lewis up with guys like Anthony Volpe, Gunnar Henderson, who we've moved down quite a bit, but he sort of fits in that category now with those guys, right? Like we expect he's a, he's a really good talent. Um, could get sent back down. Like we can talk about Gunnar Henderson in a little bit too. I mean, like. Anthony Volpe has been barely batting 200. Like these are guys who have tons of talent. They could get sent down, like depending on how things go this season. Um, but yeah, Royce Lewis, kind of think of him in the in the same vein as as those guys. Like a lot of upside. You you want to add him and see where things go. Yeah, and I, I did scoot him just ahead of uh, Gunnar Henderson, and I guess you did as well. And maybe that he should be even more ahead, just because. Uh, he's just his audition is just starting, and you you kind of yeah. wonder if Gunnar Henderson's audition could be winding down at this point. I mean, it's just it's been a struggle, and um, you know he's it, it, if you have him in a keeper or a dynasty league, like you're not going to sweat that too much. He's 21 years old. He's incredibly young, um, 
but he's hitting 207 and he's striking out over 30% of the time. So it's certainly plausible. And, you know, an Orioles team that is competitive this year and uh, wants to make the playoffs, like, I think it's definitely plausible uh, that this team could decide uh, he needs some more seasoning like they did with uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Yep. Well, another another guy on this list, I mean, we're, we wanted to talk about him because everyone seems to be talking about Ellie De La Cruz, uh, prospect for the Reds. He's at AAA right now. He's 21 years old. Um, just a five-tool player. You know, I'm just looking at his stats right now at AAA uh, this year. He has 11 homers and 11 stolen bases in 33 games, batting over 300. It's just his number. I mean, his walk rate is super high. Um, K rate, I mean, not great, not terrible, but like he just seems to have everything. And I feel like Ellie De La, De La Cruz. I was listening to um, the Rates and Barrels guys, uh, their latest podcast. They were talking about Dynasty and they went really deep, but. Ellie De La Cruz was one of those names uh, that, that was sort of like untouchable, right, in Dynasty. It's like you could offer the stars and moon and you're not getting him. So for redraft purposes, just either keep an eye on him or maybe even go ahead and add them, add him because there's some smoke that he may come up soon. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing because, you know, if you play in a, in a Dynasty league, like he's been rostered for four years or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, and if you play in a keeper league, he's probably been rostered all season, if not going back to last season. Um, but in those redraft leagues, you know, he's still going to be available in most of them. Um, Absolutely. His Yahoo r- roster rate is 37% right now, which is actually very high for a minor league player. I mean, uh, you know, cause most of those are redraft leagues. So, uh, you know, that's, that's some dedication there. People are really uh, itching to see what this guy can do. And you want, and you're not, you know, it's not surprising. I mean, his numbers in the minor leagues look like Fernando Tetis Jr. kind of numbers. I mean, that's what they look like. 300 average, 25 to 30 home runs, 40 plus steals. I mean, it's just unbelievable numbers. And we know that Cincinnati is a, a ideal place to hit mm-hmm. um, as for your home ballpark. So, yeah, I mean, this guy could be a real monster, and he is young. He is only 21, but um, it does sound like, you know, the the latest hubbub is that he's going to come up uh, before his teammate uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, uh, and if that's the case, um, he'll certainly be a must-add, and people will be burning a ton of their fab money to get him. So the prudent move is certainly to stash him ahead of time, I think. Yep, and for comparison, you know Jordan Walker, who's a great prospect we were talking about earlier in the season and got sent down. He's still forty percent uh, rostered on Yahoo. So a lot of that is maybe people, you know, just not dropping him. Um, you know, the fact that Ellie De La Cruz is almost to that same roster percentage just shows you like the word is out. You know, and people are people know what's going on with him, and that that percentage is going to jump up. Like once he gets the call up, it'll jump up to like seventy percent instantly, like in a day. You know, maybe eighty. <laughs> yeah. Well, which of those two would you rather roster at this point? Well, at this point, I haven't heard anything about Jordan Walker coming back up. So I think I'd probably go for Ellie De La Cruz uh, right now. And it could depend on your position uh, you know, of need because I do like that Jordan Walker is third base and outfield eligible. So that's kind of nice. So maybe it just depends a little bit on your on what you might need there. But I'd, I think I'd go for Ellie De La Cruz here. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's got an easier path to um, playing time. And, right, you know, it's – it's tough to crack into that St. Louis lineup. I mean, it's just – it's been frustrating. Ask any Tyler or Neil manager. They've been frustrated all year before he got hurt that he <laughs> yeah. couldn't he couldn't get in the lineup every day. And 
Uh, if Tyler O'Neill can't get in the lineup every day, you know, it's hard to imagine Jordan Walker being able to. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing about Jordan Walker, that it's, it's sort of similar to what we heard about with Taj Bradley, where the team actually sent them down and made them try to adjust their game, and it mm-hmm. caused them to struggle. And uh, with Jordan Walker, this, the adjustment was they wanted him to hit the ball in the air more, um, and he has not been doing very well. Um, since he's been down at AAA, he's hitting 229 down there. So uh, he was actually holding his own just fine uh, in his 20 game audition with the Cardinals. Um, so, you know, they, they might be, uh, he's still going to figure it out and have a great career, I think, but they might have kind of, you know, stepped on their own toes a little bit on that one. Yep. Well, um, let's talk about a couple pitchers. Uh, we haven't talked about Bobby Miller because, again, it's been two weeks since we talked. <laughs> um, but in that time, he's had two quality starts, both wins, uh, one in Atlanta. That was his debut. And then he, and then against the Nationals, uh, you know, just gave up, I think, one run in each, you know, four or five strikeouts. It's, it's one of those things. Dustin May, we talked about last episode. Since then, he's gone on the IL. Things are looking uh, kind of bleak for him. So it's, it, I think Gavin Stone was up for a bit and got sent back down. So like, it seems like Bobby Miller is getting the shot. So as long as he keeps, you know, throwing well, I mean, like, like it's not like Noah Syndergaard is any good. I mean, like, I feel like there's a place for Bobby Miller on this in this staff, don't you think? For now, I mean, it's the Dodgers, <laughs> so like, you know, they'll probably have like. 50 more different permutations of their starting rotation before the end of the season, but (laughs) he's in there right now. And generally when a guy is locked into a uh, spot in the Dodgers rotation, they are valuable for fantasy. Uh, You know, he's not striking out many batters this season. That's the one thing I will say. I mean, that's noticeable because last year he, uh, you know, at both double a and triple a, he was striking out over 11 batters per nine. Uh, and in his 25 and a third so far between AAA and the Dodgers this year, he's striking out fewer than eight batters per nine. So mm. uh, that number has really uh, plummeted. Thankfully, um, he's avoided walks in his first two starts, so that's helped. Um, I, you know, I I don't know. I like it, I I don't want to I don't want to poo poo him because uh, you know I feel like you could have made a similar argument against the other Miller, uh, Bryce Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think. Some of us were a little less excited about him than some of the other rookie uh, starters that were coming up at that time because of, um, you know, his minor league numbers not looking quite as uh, exciting, um, but they were still solid, and he's come right up and and been great. So it's a little unpredictable which pitchers are going to acclimate quickly to the big leagues and which ones won't, Um, and so far so good for Bobby Miller. So I just think based on the team context – and, you know, the, the minor league numbers uh, that he did put up, um, prior, in, at least in terms of strikeouts. I mean, you look at his ERA, it was also very high even in 2022 in AA, 445 ERA. So I feel like the jury's out on him, but it's a favorable team context and he's pitching well right now. So I yeah. wouldn't mind riding the hot hand there. Yeah. I mean, we're only two starts in. And I will say, looking at our rankings, we do have Tanner Bybee. You mentioned Bryce Miller. Um, Logan Allen, Yuri Perez, Taj Bradley. We have all these guys ranked ahead of him in our rest of season rankings. And then, you know, then guys like Louis Varland is a little further down. Bobby Miller himself is a little bit further down. So, um, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, who got demoted, uh, we moved him a bit further down. So these are some of the names that we've been talking about lately. So Bobby Miller, we haven't quite moved up. But, you know, if he gets another good quality start or two under his belt or if he starts getting more strikeouts, 
he'll be right up there with those other guys. But yeah, I think for now, uh, you know, he's like in our top 300, but we're not, we're not going crazy. Yeah. And it's just because he's on the Dodgers. Like I think he's like, he's kind of like a streamer plus, you know, like it's like you're just going to stream him, but the reality is that you're going to want to stream him more often than not. So he probably just deserves a permanent spot on the roster while you see how it plays out. Yep. Uh, so the other guy um, to talk about here is Matthew Libertor of the Cardinals. And he also um, has a kind of interesting <laughs> uh, background. I mean, he's a highly regarded prospect, but he's had mm-hmm. some really rough numbers uh, at various times in the minor leagues. I mean, last year at AAA, he had a 517 ERA and 115 innings and still managed to uh, – <laughs> get the call up to the Cardinals where he also had a, a, a ERA well over five. So it wasn't great for him last season. Uh, he hasn't really been a huge strikeout guy for most of his minor league career, but then uh, suddenly in AAA this year, he, he really ramped up the strikeouts, which was encouraging to see. Uh, walks have also been kind of a problem for him throughout his, his minor league career. And, um, you know, so that makes me a little nervous. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't consistently uh, avoided uh, giving up runs at, at any point, really. So uh, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but again, it's another favorable team environment. And, you know, you could do worse for, uh, you know, kind of a stash and wait and see kind of situation. Yeah, I, I added Bob. I moved Bobby Miller considerably higher than Libertor, like 100 spots higher. You have him a bit closer, but you do have Bobby Miller above Libertor. And, yeah, my concern here is, like, there's a couple things. Like, it is a good, you know, good good place to pitch, good team. Um, but I do worry, like, I, I see that a note from Monday where uh, they're going from a six-man rotation, the Cardinals are, to a, a five-man rotation. So it's like, could he start being used in the bullpen a little bit more? Will he, will he keep that spot? Will they have it go to, like, Steven Matz or someone boring who we don't really care about? But, like you know, a veteran lefty who they just are going to give the ball to. So he's been so bad though, Steven Matz. (laughs) Yeah, he has, (laughs) he has. So yeah, like, Uh, we'll see. I just, I trust Bobby Miller a little bit now, but you know, ask me again in a week, I guess we'll, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I sort of, I think I would take the under on either of these two guys pitching like, you know, 130 innings in the majors this season. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to other topics. Um, there's there's other young players to talk about, not necessarily rookies, but uh, Jake McCarthy is a guy who um, was a pretty popular uh, pick uh, in in drafts this spring because of his stolen base potential, and then oh, yeah. he really really slumped uh, to begin the season and got demoted. Uh, but then he got the call back up and. Uh, he's been running wild since he got back, and mm-hmm. he was he hit three thirty three uh, at Triple A in one hundred and five plate appearances. So maybe he worked out uh, whatever the the issues he was having were. I mean, part of it I think might have honestly just been bad luck. I mean, his BABIP right now is two thirteen. I mean, his strikeout rate was is only seventeen point four percent. So uh, I think he's pretty unlucky to have a one eighty two batting average. Um, I'm I'm gonna look at his stat cast number right here at two forty nine. So much yeah. better than what he's actually got. Uh, so I think this is a guy that could be, you know, the kind of player you pick up and then just use the rest of the season. Could be. I mean, and he's he's now he's still under fifty percent rostered. He's he's a, almost like ten percent up this week on Yahoo. But like you said, he's been running. Uh, he's two for three with two stolen bases in each of his last two games. We'll see what he does tonight against Colorado. 
as they uh, you know play the third game in that series. But he has five stolen bases this week. So yeah, he's just running all over the place, and that's what we thought he would do. You know, he and Corbin Carroll both. It was like, well, who's going to steal more bases? Um, looks like Jake McCarthy might do it the rest of the season if he can stay up in the majors. Yeah, exactly. I so I, I mean I know steals are kind of up this season, but it hasn't been really as ubiquitous as I think some people were expecting. Where like every every player is stealing bases, there it's right. just kind of a select few guys that are really running wild, and it it seems like Jake McCarthy could be one of those guys. Yep. Next guy on our list, Nolan Jones. So he's come up for Colorado. Um, good prospect. He hit a home run. Uh, yesterday it looks like so i have to look up and see i don't know he's he's pretty young i don't i would assume that was his first 25 years old yeah was that his first major league uh, home run or was he no he, he had a he, so he came up with the guardians last season um he came up through their farm system and he hit a couple okay home runs last year in uh, in his brief audition with with cleveland but now in cores i mean he hit that home run in arizona but again don't have to remind anyone that he gets to play half his games at course field so cincinnati and cores you got to pay attention to these guys and, you know, there's there's room for him to get some playing time there, I feel like. So, um, like, he's he's not someone I'm rushing to add right now. He's more of a watchlist guy. He's 6% rostered, so you don't have to run out and get a Nolan Jones. Um, uh, how do you feel about that? Are you rush, rushing out to get him, or is he more of a watchlist guy for you? I'm, I'm pretty bullish, honestly. Um, I, just the fact that he is playing in Colorado. And then you look at what he was doing in the minors prior to the call-up. Uh, 356 batting average, 12 home runs, 42 RBIs, 5 steals in 39 games. Those are really good numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. he was basically on pace for, what, uh, you know, 40 home run, 15, 20 stolen base season <laughs> with a huge with a high batting average. I mean, those are monster numbers. And I know that's in AAA, and the PCL is a, a very hitter-friendly league as well. So, uh, but again, he's going to be playing at Coors Field, so he's going yep. from one hitter-friendly situation to another. Um, I, I just feel like this guy has some, you know, five-category potential. I, I mean, I don't actually think he's going to hit 300. I don't think he's a 40-home run guy or, or you know, a 20-steal guy. But I feel like if he gets regular playing time, he'll be a, a player that can can potentially be uh, worth using in 12. 10 and 12 team leagues like I, I think he could be over a full season uh, have the potential to do something like 20 25 home runs and maybe 10 steals 270 280 batting average something like that I, sure. I mean if, if he put up those kind of numbers like that would be pretty useful yeah absolutely well we've got a, a few catchers to talk about here uh, first on the list is Francisco Alvarez who we had a lot of uh, excitement about early on in the season and he struggled <laughs> out of the gates I'll, I'll say um, you know, he struggled with strikeouts, uh, struggled to hit home runs, but lately, uh, the home runs are coming up. He's, he's also hitting the ball, not just, not just home runs, but he's hitting the ball. Well, uh, three home runs, I think this week and eight overall, the big question mark is what's going to happen when Omar Narvaez comes back. Cause it looks like he's starting a rehab assignment this week. And, you know, Alvarez you know, didn't get the start tonight. Nito uh, got the start. So I do worry a little bit about the playing time. But man, if he just keeps hitting home runs, like the Mets are gonna find a place from the lineup, right? Like they have to. <laughs> the way he's hitting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really that worried about it, honestly. I, I mean, some teams do these head scratching things, but I, I don't know. The Mets, to me, they seem like they realize this guy is the future for them at this at the position, and like, I mean, he's such a talented hitter. Uh, like, 
the fact that he's showing signs of a full-on breakout right now, I mean, they'd be crazy to sacrifice his playing time for Omar Narvaez, who is just kind of like a league average catcher, you know? I mean, I, I've met, I've been on the train of like recommending Omar Narvaez as a sleeper in fantasy leagues before. So like, I have no hate for the man, but like we, we know what exactly what he is. Like he's a fine fallback plan for them, but like Francisco Alvarez could potentially be so much more than that for them. And they really kind of need, uh, the, the spark that he can provide. I feel like, I mean, this is a team that is supposed to be, uh, competing for the championship this season and they're basically just playing 500 baseball right now so yep. um you know th- i don't think they can afford to bench uh their hottest guy i mean the fact he sat tonight you know he's a catcher he's not going to play every single day like almost no catcher does um but i think he's going to play most of the time and and I, as long as he keeps hitting i don't think they're going to take him out of the lineup well the next guy on our list patrick bailey uh, I didn't even know this name, and we were sitting here talking before the show, and I was like, well, this guy plays for the Giants, 24 years old. He probably was with, here in Richmond with the Flying Squirrels earlier this year. Um, you know, that we, a lot of people thought that Joey Bart might be the next, you know, good catcher uh, in um, San Francisco. But Patrick Bailey right now is getting the starts. Uh, he's he's only played in 10 games, but he has a couple of home runs, 11 RBIs, batting over 300, small sample. Uh, not really walking much uh, yet, but um, otherwise the plate discipline, like he's not striking out like 35% or something crazy. Like, so small sample, but um, I know you said you picked him up in your league. So he's your starting catcher, isn't he? Patrick Bailey. You must like him. He is my starting catcher. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, to me, you know, the um, it's part of why I was so excited about Francisco Alvarez. I mean, the, the path to being an impact player catcher, is not it's not a very high bar you know what right. i mean like francisco alvarez could be a top five catcher already honestly uh patrick bailey i think could definitely be a top 10 catcher like it's def it's in the realm of possibility um he's 24 years old uh, i watched an interview with gabe kapler yesterday and he's just extremely impressed with patrick bailey like he said he he has this calming influence on the entire team on the on the pitching staff mm. uh and he comes up to the plate with a, 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 a you know with a calmness about him and he's had some clutch hits for them already and you know we've talked on this show about the giants and the giants just finding these diamonds in the rough all the time or getting career years out of unlikely players and things like that yep um so i'm you know it hasn't worked out with joey bart um for the giants um they're still looking for that buster posey uh heir apparent and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's off to a great start, Patrick Bailey, and uh, he did hit 12 home runs um, back last season in high A. Uh, now, granted, that was with a 225 batting average. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll have to see what he can do. But my, my main takeaway here is just that he's a young guy who's had some big hits. His manager clearly believes in him right now, uh, which means he's going to be getting a lot of playing time. I mean, he's seems to be playing – like four out of five days or something like that right now, which how many catchers are actually doing that? Not, not many, you know, the guy I just dropped to pick him up is, is Jan Gomes and he's not doing that. He's losing one out of every three starts to Tucker Barnhart, you know? So to see a guy that's actually playing as much as Bailey is, and he's hot right now too. um, I don't mind riding the hot handed catcher. It's a, it's just a really tough position to navigate. If you don't have one of those top four or five catchers, like, you're, you're scrambling, you know? So I decided not to be uh, wedded to the fact that I 
you know, was hoping Alejandro Kirk was going to be my guy. Like mm-hmm. I moved on to Jan Gomes cause he was hot and then he cooled down and now I'm moving on to Patrick Bailey. I hope he's, you know, my solution for the rest of the year, but if he's not, I'll, I'll just move on to the next guy. Cause that's kind of what you have to do at that position. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, Patrick Bailey, you mentioned the path to a top 12 catcher, you know, the bar is low. Uh, Francisco Alvarez, he he could do it just by hitting 30, 35 home runs, right? Like, it, the average wouldn't even really matter. He could have a Cal Raleigh-type season and just be a top-six catcher or something just based on that. But Patrick Bailey, looking at his minor league numbers, it's kind of hard to tell what kind of player he's going to be. But the plate discipline looks good to the point where maybe he'll do it more with a little bit higher average, not quite as many home runs, um, still ne- knocking some RBIs and things like that, but not be... Yeah, like I could see him being like the number 11 or 12 catcher and sneaking in there if he kind of stays up rest of the season for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just so like it's such a low bar. I mean, I think over the last month he's like a top 10 catcher and he hasn't even been playing for that entire month. You know, right. it's like this is just kind of like what we're dealing with. Yep. And then just, you know, quick, quick note on our catcher rankings in general. So they have been shaking up a little bit. You were talking about like if you don't have one of those top four or five catchers well i mean we've been moving guys around a little bit it, it looks like we have well i say we we combined still have will smith at the top but you've actually moved salvador perez above will smith so you've got salvador at number one and i mean i don't blame you he's now up to he's batting 284 he has 12 home runs and 32 rbis now so like we've seen the power you know in seasons before, previous with salvador perez as long as he's playing it really doesn't matter um, you know, where he is in that lineup that he's hitting for not a great team. Perez, I mean, he could be the number one catcher. So I think it's cool that you moved him all the way up to number one. I haven't quite done it because I still like Will Smith a lot, like the Dodgers and all that, but I'm not going to argue with you on Salvador Perez. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have um, I think I have those guys back-to-back in my yeah. rankings. So. Uh, I, and actually, Sean Murphy as well. I have all three of them back-to-back-to-back in my rankings because I just feel like those are the three guys right now that, are really moving the needle at catcher if you know it's like it's a big difference between them and the and the next group um and in large part because guys like jt real muto uh and dalton varsho who were expected to be the two best options at this position uh have not have not gotten it done and Mm -hmm. uh, we're a third of the way through the season so i'm i'm adjusting my rankings to reflect the guys that are actually doing well right now and salvador perez has been the number one catcher before uh, i think he has multiple times actually yeah. so uh, he's absolutely capable of doing it uh will smith you know i think he's uh his batting average is starting to come down a bit but uh so you'd like to see the power pick up um it's not that it's been bad but uh you hope for maybe a little more power from him but uh great lineup um he's gonna you know drive in a lot of runs and play every day so really like will smith too and then Sean Murphy, you know, I was kind of down on him uh, coming into the season because I just I wondered uh, about the playing time. I wondered about like how much better could he really be um, in Atlanta uh, than he was in Oakland, uh, things like that. Well, he's answered my questions. I mean, he's <laughs> he's uh, he started off a little slow, but he's been on a tear ever since. And um, you know, he's looking like he's going to hit thirty home runs this season. Started off slow is like an understatement. I feel like we were talking about him after a couple of weeks, and we were like, "What? What did the Braves do? They traded for this guy. They're not playing him, you know." And then he kind of, he almost got fortunate that like Travis Darno went on the injured list for a little bit, yeah. and then he he got going because like 
you could have bought low on Sean Murphy in April, and I'm sure some people did. So if you did, you are reaping the benefits big time right now. Yeah, for sure. And that's a good point. I mean, we're seeing this with a lot of teams, just kind of messing with their players, you know, not giving them consistent playing time. And, you know, it's especially detrimental for the young guys like Taj Bradley and Jordan Walker. But even a a 28-year-old veteran like like Sean Murphy, who's trying to justify – uh, you know, a new uh, move into a new team going from a, a bottom feeder to a contender. Like there's enough pressure on him already. Like let the guy have regular playing time so he can settle into his new environment. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else on the catchers? No, I think, I think that covers it. I mean, unless you, I don't know if you have any thoughts on real Muto and Varsho because uh, those guys have both been pretty disappointing so far. I know. I mean, the, the Phillies in general have been a bit disappointing. You know, we were talking about Trey Turner. Uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber is on our shakers. I mean, he's been just awful not hitting the ball. I mean, not even the home runs. And with Real Muto, like his average is 263. His XBA is 246. You know, his his barrel rates, hard hit rates, all that's down right now. So he needs to figure it out. I mean, it's nice that he has seven stolen bases. You're getting that from a catcher. So he might end up with 20 plus stolen bases like he did last year. Okay, that's nice. But like if he ends up with 12 home runs and bats 250, like that's not great. So yeah, yeah. I don't even think he's really a buy low, uh, real Muto. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, last year he started, he had a kind of bad first half last year, I think too. And then um, I traded for him and he <laughs> went crazy for the final four months of the season. I think that's how I remember it anyway. So uh, we'll have to look into that, but maybe <laughs> maybe that's you know a sign of things to come. Maybe he can do something like that again. But regardless, I mean, what he did last year was certainly you know a best case scenario, I would say, for him. But this is a guy who is like the number one catcher most seasons. So I don't know. Uh, maybe he's a good buy low um, if if you can actually buy low on him. But right. I would have trouble trading you know any of those top three catchers. We just we're talking about for him because it's just kind of like bird in the hand, you know, uh, like yeah. you don't want to take on a problem uh, that you don't need to take on when, when you're, you're doing just fine at catcher. I think what you said is right though. It's like, if you can truly buy low, sure. Like same with Varsho. Like I think you could probably buy lower on Varsho and I probably would just cause like, you know, he's playing outfield. Um, his average is two twelve, but his XBA is two forty six, basically the right. same as real Muto. So like, I would expect a little bit of regression with him, whereas Real Muto, I don't know, like he needs to figure some stuff out. Like the hard hit rate for Varsho is the same as it was last year. You know, he's a 230 hitter career. He's batting 212. He's so like, I just feel like Varsho is giving you kind of what you expect from Varsho. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little less, but Real Muto is um, like, I don't know. What if Real Muto is like falling off a cliff here? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's just kind of what I'm not saying he is, but like I would buy lower on Varsho rather than just. You probably aren't going to be able to buy too low on on Real Muto. Yeah, I mean, it might be hard to buy low on either of them just because catcher is such a wasteland. It's like, okay, True. well, if I trade Real Muto or Varsha, what? Who am I starting a catcher now? <laughs> That's know? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I do think they'll both rebound and be top ten kind of, kind of guys, but it, it it looks like if you paid a premium at catcher, it might not have been the wise move, and it's usually not, to be honest. Yep. Well, there's there's lots of guys sort of in the you know, still in our top 100 who have moved up quite a bit. Like, again, we haven't talked in two weeks, so we've got guys like, uh, well, Eloy Jimenez, I, you know, I put him in all caps in the show note because, like, <laughs> yeah. I had to talk about him, you know. This guy, this poor guy had an appendectomy. Uh, he's had some bad luck with injuries. 
uh, it's hard to even call that an injury, right? It's like an illness. <laughs> so, right. um, um, it's a medical thing. Um, so anyway, Eloy's back. I think he hit a home run the other day. Like we've talked about him before. Uh, I tried trading for him in a league, you know, before he came back, couldn't do it. So I don't know that you can really, you know, you can't really buy low on Eloy. Other, other people who have him have the same thought as us where it's like, he could be great. So I don't know what to tell you about Eloy. Just he's back. Get him in your lineup. I feel like you're a little more excited about Eloy than I am at this point. I, I think my <laughs> my Eloy love has sort of run its course. Like I, I, I can't be hurt again by him. <laughs> well, are you excited about your Red Sox, Adam Duvall coming back? I saw something where he might be back in uh, about a week, maybe a little over. Uh, mildly, mildly. I mean, he was off to a really hot start. Um, yeah. And I do think Fenway Park is a great environment for him. So uh, that's encouraging. And the Red Sox have been better than I was expecting. Um and there's certainly a, a strong lineup to be to be hitting in, um, but it's Adam Duvall. I mean, like he, he's not suddenly going to be a totally different player than he's always been, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. you know, I I would definitely if if the choice is Eloy or, or Adam Duvall, I'm definitely taking Eloy, uh, even though I, uh, you know, I kind of wonder where, where the next injury is going to come for Eloy or whether he'll 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 ever get back to, um, you know, the kind of uh, upside that we thought he had as a rookie when he had 31 home runs in 122 games yeah i would at least say like if you're in a roto league and you need power take a look and see who has adam duvall because if they're just chilling on his on their il uh, and that team is first or second in home runs or rbis you know what i mean like you might be able to trade for him because they might look at it like i don't even need this guy coming back but you know what i do need i need some saves or i need a pitcher whatever so just something to just this is the time to try to make some trades i think i think with adam duvall coming back you might be able to get him pretty cheap is he how what's his roster rate i mean he's probably 64 on a lot of 64 oh okay i guess he was on such a hot start yeah <laughs> it was like if he hadn't got off to that hot start he would have got dropped by a lot of people i mean True. i also think the fact that um you know covid created all these extra il spots so a lot of leagues like have tons of IL spots. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. guess that, like might as well hold on to Adam Duvall, but I don't know. I I think uh, I I think he's maybe marginal. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, who else um, on this list do you really like? I mean, we've got a lot of names here. Well, I like JD Martinez. That's who I would be most excited mm, okay. about. I mean, I think he's going to be better than Eloy Jimenez the rest of the season. Um, I just, I mean, I know he's 35 years old, but J.D. Martinez has been a great hitter for a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, he is on fire lately. Um, just seems to be fresh, and, uh, you know, he'll have to last the whole season. Maybe maybe he won't be able to do that, but um, he he's just uh, looking like the same hitter that he's always been, you know, and the power is way back up from last season, which is exciting because last year, 16 homers, in 139 games this year he's already got 12 and 40 games so i mean this is just looking more like it could be he could get back to one of those 40 home run seasons potentially and um maybe not a 300 hitter anymore but certainly a 275 280 kind of a hitter uh and he's going to drive in an insane amount of runs um hitting in the middle of the lineup for the dodgers so uh, I know he's utility only, so you got to work around that. But I, yeah. I've I've moved JD Martinez way back up. I had him very high coming into the season. He he started out slow. I moved him down. Now he's back up inside my top 100 again. I saw that he's in my top 200. I haven't moved him up quite as much as you, but yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that hitting streak and the, like the power, like you said. I mean, 
He is. He's on fire. The reason I'm not moving him that high, I think, is just exactly what you said about like his age and the potential injury and that kind of thing. I mean, but ride him while he's hot, for sure. I just, rest of season, I don't know. I think I would definitely take Eloy, and both guys could end up on the IL again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I guess that's the question. Who's going to play more games? That <laughs> might be what it comes down to. Yeah, more games. <laughs> Yeah, because well, I have I have J.D. Martinez ranked 94th overall. You have Eloy ranked 93rd. So. <laughs> ah, look at that. There we go. <laughs> well, uh, another name on this list who's just really enjoying uh, not having the shift rules and, you know, just Yan- what Yankee Stadium can bring as well is uh, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, he was really good last year uh, at times. Uh, he was kind of streaky, hit a lot of right field home runs, pulled the ball a lot, but I think the, the lack of the shift is really helping him. He's batting over 300 right now, has 11 home runs. And, you know, he's dealing with a little bit of a neck issue. He hasn't been playing at Seattle, but it, it looks like he's available off the bench. So hopefully he'll be back in there. He's not heading to the IL. At least I'm not seeing anything on Rizzo. So if you're, you know, people probably have their first baseman, but Rizzo is someone you could plug in at utility or whatever. I like, I like, I like Rizzo probably as much as J.D. Martinez uh, rest of the season. Yeah, well, I actually... I agree. I have them ranked back to back, I believe. So nice. I'm right there with you. I have them both Rizzo and JD Martinez both inside my top one hundred. And you know, I do I mean Rizzo, the shift is gonna help. I don't think he's necessarily gonna be a three hundred hitter, but like I mean, back in the day he had several seasons where he hit two seventy, two eighty, even two ninety. So sure. uh yeah, I think that, that kind of batting average is in play for him, a two seventy to two ninety batting average. 30 home runs, 90 plus runs, 90 plus RBIs. Like, that's actually possible for him. Yep. Uh, another name on this list that I feel like it's almost criminal we haven't mentioned him yet is Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, I know we mentioned Jake McCarthy earlier, who's come back up. They've, I think the last time we talked about, we were talking about, who was that outfielder? Fletcher? Was it not Darren Dominic Fletcher? Dominic Fletcher. Yeah. Dominic Fletcher. You know, they've yeah. been, you know, Alec Thomas has been there for a bit. Like, they've been, they've got a lot of outfielders there in Arizona, but. Lourdes Gurriel has been just hitting like crazy lately. So he's batting over 300. I think he had a little bit of a slow start, but he's got nine home runs now, uh, which, again, like the power, like Lourdes Gurriel, the most home runs he's had in a season is 21. So he's on he's on a pace that would put him at, you know, like 30 or something. So we'll see how that continues. Um, but just another, like, just kind of like riding the hot hand. You know, like his K rate is 15%, which is career best. Um, just really just seeing the ball well, hitting the ball well. Every time I'm looking at like placing a bet, like a same game parlay, I've been throwing in Lorde Scurriel to get a hit, <laughs> you know, with my Diamondbacks to win or something like that. Maybe some strikeouts from one of these young guys, some, like Zach Gallon, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Lorde Scurriel has been really good, and we haven't talked about him all year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still not really that excited for him. I just I I have trouble like understanding why he would have this huge power breakout at age 29 um and you look at the underlying numbers i mean like his you know average exit velocity is actually lower than it was uh Mm. actually any other season um his hard hit rate is up but uh it's you know his expected slug is a good 70 points lower than his actual slug Uh, his batting average is you know good 20 30 points lower or higher than his expected batting average so I think he's due for a little bit of regression. He is a good batting average guy, but he doesn't steal bases. And, um, 
you know, it's sort of like swung the other way because last year he only had five home runs in 121 games. This year he's got nine and 49. So it's like, which is the real <laughs> answer? It's probably somewhere in between, right? Um, yeah. So to me, that means he's, you know, that 20, 21 home runs is probably still uh, about where he'll settle in even after this fast start. Well, someone who is a big power hitter, uh, Jorge Soler, uh, Soler power down there in Miami. Uh, he <laughs> has, I mean, he. I was listening to a podcast, uh, I'm not sure which one it was, but they were definitely talking about betting because they were. it might have been uh, Cousin Sal, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, cousin, talking about potentially betting him to lead the league in homers. You know, I think he was like four, 14 or 15 to 1 rest of the season. Um, you know, like, he's someone I actually bet last year to lead the league in homers, and that didn't work out, but he was like 50 or 60 to 1, and he probably was that before the season started, to be honest. Um, but he's just great power hitter. Um, you know, may, may hit the IL at some point. Miami's not the best place uh, to be trying to hit home runs out of, but he's been doing it, and uh, I've been moving him up quite a bit. I think I have him in my top 200. I'll have to look. Where do you have him? I have him at 179. Yep. We so both have him in our top 200. top 200. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he has a 48 home run season on his resume. Now, granted, that was 19, I was say 1999. No, it was 2019, <laughs> uh, the year that the you know a lot of players put up career years. So yeah. that you know, I think we should take that a little bit with a grain of salt. I mean, his only his his other career high other than that was last uh, was in 2021, 27 home runs. So. Uh, he definitely has real power. It's just a question of how much. I mean, the fact he's already got 17 home runs is insane in 53 games. Yeah, um, it does look like uh, maybe he he's going to have another one of those, you know, 40 home run seasons. It's possible. I mean, uh, he's still got the strength to do it certainly. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe it's. Um, a situation where you know the the way the the trends in the game like you know he's just maybe a player whose stats fluctuate more based on whether it's a a good season for power or not and uh it seems like this year is and uh yeah i don't know i like he's not gonna steal a single base he's not mm -hmm. gonna hit for a high average i mean he's at 250 right now but that's gonna come down not go up i think yeah. um so it's just a question of of how many home runs i mean he's kind of like um He's got a little bit of a Joey Gallo-ish profile, but uh, his batting average won't be quite that bad, and the power probably won't be quite that high. Yeah. Uh, another guy on our list, Ryan McMahon, who's had a hot week. He's had four home runs this week. Uh, he's 71% rostered, which is up a ton, uh, but he's he's eligible at second base and third base, which is nice. But we added him to the show note, but honestly, like I didn't move him up that much. Like He's Ryan McMahon. Like I know exactly <laughs> what he's going to end up doing, and he's batting two fifty four, which is like basically like he's a career 250 hitter basically you know and yeah yeah he has eight home runs um i think what's interesting is like those uh those home runs uh oh i was gonna say they all came away from Coors field nope three of them were <laughs> at home against the mets so never mind uh he's gonna hit 20 to 25 homers bat 250 at, that's ryan mcmahon yeah i think that's fair i mean his 2021 numbers and 2022 numbers were extremely similar and he's on basically that same pace now it's just how he's got there has been a little interesting. I think he, you know, he was slumping and now he's been on fire lately. So, um, but I guess that's kind of the life of a, of a Rockies player um, with playing half their games at cores. Cause uh, it's just, um, you're constantly 
It's like you're playing on, on two different planets, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a couple guys in the show notes, I know you wanted to talk about who, you know, fit into a category of guys who were hot. Uh, and also just like really interesting names. Estuary Ruiz and Cattell Marte. Uh, man, try saying that five times fast. Uh, so which of these guys are you more excited about? Um, maybe for different reasons. I mean, Ruiz maybe more in a roto league with stolen bases or um, like Cattell Marte, honestly, like I hadn't really been paying much attention to his stats of late. I'm just, maybe I'm too focused on his teammate, Lourdes Gurriel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these two guys are so different from each other because, you know, Marte is like, he's just kind of like the boring accumulator, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I definitely agree with you. It's it's very it's very format dependent. I mean, uh, Ruiz, it's it's all about those steals. So, I, you know, I know you get points for steals in a points league, but really it's categories leagues uh, where he, he is a huge difference maker. I mean, he is... Uh, leading the league in in uh, steals by a good margin actually i think he's like five or six ahead of um second place in steals so wow uh, 27 yeah, he's not going to give you much of anything else like he's he's you know no power very little power uh and the runs and rbis are going to be very low in oakland um might be able to do okay in batting average with you know the sprint speed that he has um mm-hmm. but i mean it's really like all about those about those steals but I mean, that can be a real difference maker. Like, he could have, like, a 70-80 steal season, you know? So, yeah. I think I'd have to go with him um, in a uh, in a categories league. Uh, but Cattell Marte, yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. He's had a, such a strange career, you know? He's had a year where he hit 32 home runs. He's had a bunch of years where he hit 14 or 12, you know? He had uh, that he stole 10 bases one year. He usually doesn't get close to that. Uh, he's hit well over 300. And last year he hit 240, you know. So it's like hard to know what you're going to get from him. Generally speaking, he's got good plate skills, hits for a pretty good average, uh, and then it's just a question of can he give you something else? Can he give you some power or some speed or something? Uh, lately, the answer to that had been no. But this year he's already got eight home runs and five steals, so he's adding a little bit of category juice with the batting average. I mean, his average right now is 281, which is actually on the lower side for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he's an interesting player just because of all the uh, rule changes that happened this year and things like that. Like maybe he is going to set a new career high in, in steals and maybe he will, you know, break 20 home runs for the second time in his career. So, uh, he's looking like a, a solid player again at this point. All right. Well, we've got a lot more guys on this list. Maybe we don't talk about (laughs) every single one, but maybe pick and choose like, one guy I added to the list who has caught my eye in the last week or two is Lane Thomas for the Nationals. Uh, you know, you were talking about Ruiz and how you know he's he's batting leadoff, and you mentioned points leagues. I mean, that that can help sometimes in points leagues, like if you're because he's batting two seventy four. Lane Thomas has been batting leadoff for the Nationals. He's batting two ninety, um, which you know he hasn't really shown that uh, of yet in his career. And I'm just looking up like his XBA is actually two forty seven, so definitely some regression due there, but. He has eight home runs, four stolen bases. Uh, the Nationals is a team where you also don't expect to get a ton of production from, but like somebody's playing every day, uh, and Lane Thomas is, and he's been hitting uh, like crazy lately. He had a nice little hit streak going until today. So just a name that I'm I'm paying attention to. Uh, he's now up to 65% rostered, so looks like a lot of other people are starting to pay attention to Lane Thomas as well. Yeah, I mean, this was one that like I added him to the notes when I when I saw like how ranked how 
highly ranked he is for the season right. in five by five leagues. And I couldn't believe it. Like I just, it was totally off my radar. And I was like, wow, he's actually having a great season so far. Um, I, you know, I do think he's going to regress. I, you know, I don't, I don't think this is a uh, superstar in the making or anything like that. But like you <laughs> said, you know, batting at the top of the lineup, not a lot of competition for playing time yep. in Washington. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, he's definitely a, a hot hand kind of a, a player at, at the very least. Yeah. Well, who else on this list do you really like? We've got a couple Rays. We've got uh, Jorge Soler's teammate, uh, Brian De La Cruz, who's been, you know, having a nice month of May as well. Um, you want to talk about one of those Rays or anybody else on this list? Well, I think Luke Rayleigh is interesting for sure. I mean, kind of anyone <laughs> on the race is interesting. I mean, Isak Paredes is interesting too. It's just this lineup is so potent. It's kind of like Texas and Tampa Bay. If you can get a piece of the action with those teams, like it's probably a good idea, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, Luke Rayleigh already has 10 homers and seven steals. Um, you know, I, he, he's kind of, he's really a platoon player, but I mean, he just crushes right-handed pitching and, that's the right side of the platoon to be on. So, um, you know, he strikes out a lot, like, you know, probably not going to be a great batting average guy, but if you're in those like daily lineup leagues where you can just, you know, play him against the the right-handed pitchers, like he's going to give you some, some interesting category juice, at least as long as he's uh, getting all those starts against righties. And then Paredes, you know, I got excited about him briefly last year. He went on this home run binge and then it kind of fell off a cliff, but um, you know, we've seen that with some guys this year. I mean, uh, you know, you look at uh, Christopher Morell, and that's a guy that, like, showed, went on a hot streak last year and then, uh, f- you know, slowed down, and then he went on another hot streak this year and then slowed mm-hmm. down. So it's like there's some ups and downs with some of these guys, but when they're hot, I mean, they can be really hot, and Paredes is uh, is pretty hot right now. Yeah. Uh, another name on this list, Akil Badu. I know before the show you were looking at some website. Was it Roto World or somewhere where their front page said "Yabba yep. Dabba Badoo"? Yeah, <laughs> classic. I love any Flintstone reference that you can get, <laughs> so I, I endorse that uh, wholeheartedly. You know, he's on my radar uh, again. Like, but this this is someone who got sent down to the minors last year, couldn't stay up. Yeah, he's got five stolen bases now. He's been walking a little bit this week, hitting a little bit, but like, I don't know, like he's only 3% rostered. So maybe that's the point is like, he's very available. Right. And you know, the tigers are a team kind of like the nationals where look, you can find, you can find some value here uh, and he can definitely steal some bases. So maybe, maybe that's the angle here. I don't really know what else to, to really get into with the Badu Cause I don't see him being some like 2020 or, or, you know, guy. Do you probably not? But if you look at what he did in 2021 with the tigers, he, hit 13 homers and stole 18 bases in 124 games. So I guess extrapolate could. that to 162 games and you're pretty much at 2020. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's got some power. He's got some speed. It's not a good lineup, you know, so the run, the run production numbers are going to be uh, uninspiring, shall we say. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think he should be rostered in a lot more than 3% of leagues. Like, I mean, yeah, he's to me, he's like, a no-brainer in a deep league, but I think he's even kind of putting himself on the radar in like standard ten and twelve team leagues. Well, he's hot at least. Yep. Any other hitters here you want to talk about, or when you get into some pitchers? Uh, we can get into some pitchers. We we we're we're gonna go way over at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we have a list here of I, I think these are different kinds of names. I mean Merrill Kelly. I just want to say like he's been so good this season. Like 
we kind of have to just buy in at this point, I feel like. I mean, like, uh, he's just been dominant. And um, I know I want to give uh, props to, I believe Scott White was uh, a big Merrill Kelly booster coming into the season. I was not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, his walk rate is kind of scary to me. But, like, um, you know, even though he's due a little regression, I mean, his his XERA and XFIP are both in the mid threes, which is still really solid. Um, you know, strikeout rate is good. Uh, the whip is excellent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, it wasn't really on my radar, but it seems to me like he's probably going to be a, you know, I don't know, top 40 pitcher going forward. Yeah, I guess he could be. I, I, I'm going to have to look at his splits because I feel like we were talking about Merrill Kelly at one point last season a little bit too, and he kind of faded off. Uh, you know, had a had a solid season last year, but maybe faded in the second half. His K rate, though, you're right, is, is way up this year. Um, but this is someone who, you know, was in the KBO for a long time. The guy's 34 years old. I, I don't – right, you're not getting some breakout, but you're right, he could end up being a top 40 pitcher. It's just sometimes baseball doesn't make sense, you know? Like, I mean, guys, <laughs> we see this all the time. Guys come out of nowhere and uh, and have great seasons. And I don't know. You know, I, I feel like I bring this up a lot, but maybe he's on the Charlie Morton career path, <laughs> you know? Could be. Maybe his best years will be his mid to late 30s. <laughs> Could be. Well, another guy on our list, like, I, I had moved him up a bit, you know, a couple weeks ago. Tyler Wells, this is someone who's, you know, for my Orioles, he's 28 years old, so a lot younger you know, you actually could have a breakout with a, a guy this young. Um, but again, I, I don't, this is another guy like along the same lanes as a Merrill Kelly. He's just younger, but like he doesn't have a high strikeout rate. Um, Baltimore is a much better team this year. Uh, kind of similar to my Diamondbacks as well, my NL team uh, there with Merrill Kelly. But, you know, he's, he's solid. He's going to get you some quality starts. Baltimore has become like a hitter's park. And, you know, his, his ERA and XERA are both below four. Just nothing outstanding, but he's also not going to like hurt you either that much. Would you say the same for Tyler Wells? Well, right now it is pretty outstanding, though. I mean, like just because I think he actually leads all of baseball, all of uh, starting pitchers in WHIP right now. Wow, point eight three. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's a top. He's he's coming into tonight. He was the fifty first most valuable player overall in, in standard five by five leagues. So hmm. he's actually having an outstanding season so far. Uh, and the strikeout rate. Yeah. It's, he's not a huge strikeout guy, but like last year it was terrible this year. It's almost a batter per inning, you know? So that's much more palatable to me. And the walk rate is fantastic. Um, the, you know, Camden yards is now a very pitcher friendly park at this point with the new dimensions. Um, and his XERA is 364, so you know it's not quite 329 like his actual ERA, but it's it's not bad either. And uh, you know Alex Fast is a um, a big Orioles fan, and I, I was seeing him tweeting about uh, Tyler Wells. Uh, apparently, um, his fastball has a lot of ride on it, so it it plays up even though it's not you know a huge velocity pitch. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I you know I think. Um, uh, there was someone else I was reading on Twitter too that was talking about, um, you know, his arm angle. He throws from a high, uh, a, he has one of, throws from one of the highest release points of all pitchers. So I think he's doing some things that are a little bit different that are throwing hitters off. And um, I, you know, I'm about to pick him up in in my league uh, and drop Lance Lynn for him. So uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a believer at this point. Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn. Well, we'll yeah. get to Lance in a minute. Um, 
A couple other pitchers on this list who are moving up. You know, Dane Dunning is a name. I was talking about adding him a couple weeks ago, and it was sort of like, well, he's not really striking many people out. You know, maybe they move him back to the bullpen. Well, here we are two weeks later. We've, we've added Dane Dunning to our rankings. It's not like we're going crazy here, but at some point you have to pay attention, uh, even though he's not, like, wowing you. Um, a couple other guys in the same vein, Ben Lively for the Reds, uh, Michael Lorenzen for the Tigers. Again, you don't necessarily want people pitching for the Tigers, but Lorenzen is, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the whip. Like, he's keeping his whip down. His ERA is 3-5. Uh, the strikeouts, he's, again, not great with the strikeouts, kind of like Dane Dunning, but these are all, like, serviceable, serviceable pitchers if you're really, like, in a deep league and need guys. Like, these guys are all, like, sort of, like, in the 20 to 30% rostered. Who would you like out of those three, Lively, Lorenzen, and Dunning? I really don't like any of them, to be honest with you. Like I would, if, you have if to I pick can, one. like I would just stream based on matchups. Like yeah. I would use whoever's facing a bottom five lineup. You know, if they're facing the Royals or they're facing the A's, yeah, uh, or the Guardians. You know, th- things like that. I would I would take advantage. Um, but if I had to pick one, I think I'll go with Ben Lively. I mean, he's mm. the one that's actually striking guys out so far. Uh, the other two are not. You know, and. Um, He's had a very interesting career, another KBO guy. So it's hard to exactly know what you're getting from these KBO guys, but maybe he's uh, maybe he's like a poor man's Merrill Kelly this season. Could be. And, yeah, you're right about the Ks. The, the, what worries me is what we talked about earlier was that Cincinnati ballpark. But so far he's had a couple good starts in them, so we'll see if he can keep it going. Yeah, but for me it's like these guys are all – I, I don't think I'd even want to stream these guys in, in a 10 or 12 team league right now. I just don't trust it enough. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, in a deep league, I would. But, um, you know, the funny part about Michael Lorenzen, I'll just mention real quick in Yahoo, they have Michael Lorenzen batter and Michael Lorenzen pitcher, like he's Shohei Otani or something. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, I, I don't like, he has some at bats in his career, but I thought that was mostly as a pitcher. I mean, I, Maybe he got a, a, a start or two at DH at some point with with Cincinnati back in the day, but just just amusing. <laughs> well, if you do stream him against the Royals or someone, make sure you add the right one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, so about- let's let's move a little quicker now. Um, yeah. Just real quick to wrap up the movers, we got a couple closers like Alex Lang. Yeah. I just I just want to give this man his due. Like uh, I didn't know what was going to happen with him um, being the closer. Uh, in Detroit, but it's been a, a smashing success. <laughs> I mean, he it has he has been really, really good, and I feel like um, you know, even though it's not a good team, uh, closers on bad teams can still get saves, and they can still be valuable players. And he's got nine saves, a twelve point oh nine K per nine, and a one twenty one ERA right now. Walks are an issue, so uh, you know he hasn't given up a single homer yet. At some point, like that's going to happen, and <laughs> his uh, you know he'll give up some crooked numbers on the scoreboard at some point. But he's built a lot of job security at this point, and uh, so you're getting strikeouts and saves from him. Yep. And then uh, the other guy on our list here, Miguel Castro, he's been getting some saves lately, and we keep talking about those Diamondbacks, man. Um, but he's his WHIP is below one, whereas Andrew Chafin is uh, quite a bit above that. So. It's been Castro who's been getting a little bit more of the the high leverage looks uh, for the Diamondbacks. So I will just go back to say quickly about Lang. Like you moved him into your top 100. That's how much you like him. I moved him up to about looks like 155. So pretty high on these guys. You know, I know you often have closers a little bit higher than me. So yeah, we've both both moved up him up quite a bit. Uh, not quite as much as Castro or, or for Castro rather. He's in our top 300 now. Uh, I think I moved him ahead of Chafin. Uh, I assume I did. Did you also do that? 
I think I've got them pretty close together. Um, you know, it's I I think closer monkeys uh, they track this stuff pretty close. They I think they still have Chafin as the head of the committee technically, yeah. but and he does have I think eight saves, including one the other night. Yep. So They're both I think it's, saves. it's it's a split between the two. I honestly like the Diamondbacks are just creating a lot of save opportunities right now. So yeah, I don't, I wouldn't mind rostering either or both of them. There you go. All right. Well, we mentioned Trey Turner sort of at the top when we were talking about some high end guys, but we can get into some other uh, guys at the top of our rankings who are struggling and now not so much at the top of our rankings. So, do you want to start with your boy Michael Harris? I say he's your boy because you loved him last year, but. I'm guessing you don't love him quite as much this year. He's uh, not even batting 200, I believe, and just really struggling at the plate. Like I, I worry that they might send him down. You know, <laughs> bring up like Vaughn Grissom to play outfield or something. Like, what is going on with Michael Harris? Yeah, uh, he's still my boy. I, okay, I still okay. think he's going to turn it around. Um, you know, it last year was it was such a smooth transition. It went like perfectly, and this year it's been anything but. I mean, honestly, like injuries have really been an issue for him. I mean, he's had two different injuries, uh, including a back issue, and you know that can really mess with your swing. So, I don't think he's been healthy for the first month and a half, and I think he just is starting to show some signs that he's healthy. I mean, in the last week, he's got a homer, he's got a steal. I think I saw he had the the highest exit velocity on a hit uh, of his career mm. uh, the other day. So uh, it seems to me like he could be on the verge of turning it around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's true what you say. I mean, the, you know, the Braves are a contending team. They can't afford to have a, a guy batting, you know, below the Mendoza line on, in, their, in their lineup uh, all season. So he's, he's got to get this hot streak sooner than later if he wants to stay up. But... Um, I, I think he can do it, and uh, it would sure be nice if he wasn't batting ninth, but it's yeah. it's going to be hard for him to work his way up the lineup, I think, um, barring a real hot streak. Yeah, I mean, I I tried to trade for him like in a multiplayer deal where I sort of almost had – not not had him in as like a throw-in, of course, but sort of did a deal where it was like, you know, three on my side, two on the other, but the other person definitely still valued him uh, quite a bit, which, which they should. Like, I think you could buy low on Michael Harris, but – it's almost just like a hold at this point if you have them, and uh, the next yeah, counter- it's different in a keeper league or a, you know uh, or a redraft. I mean, in redraft, I could see you know kind of being willing to give up on him sooner, but yep. keeper, I mean, he's still so young, you know, and like uh, what he did last year was incredible. I mean, he basically went twenty twenty and four hundred at bats, you know, um, yep. as like a you know twenty year old. So like I. I don't know. I, I still have high hopes for him. I, I think um, I have put him up for offer in, in a couple trades recently as well, just because I have more keepers and I know what to do with. But like, <laughs> I, I think he would be a good buy low for somebody that's trying to uh, trying to find a, a, a keeper and not have to pay full price. Okay. Well, the next guy on our list, we've been talking about Philly struggling and uh, yeah, Kyle Schwarber, ninety five percent rostered now. Who of course. Um, and he has 13 home runs, but he's batting 166. And yeah, it's just like, <laughs> at what point is Kyle Schwarber just like, you mentioned Joey Gallo earlier. I mean, Schwarber can go on these runs. We've seen him, you know, get hot for a month and hit like 20 home runs. And yes, like if you need power, I could see trying to get maybe buy low on Schwarber. But man, like I didn't like him. I remember when we were talking outfielders coming into the season, I was like, yeah, this is someone who could really hurt you in in a way like those other guys can, like a Joey Gallo. 
and he is showing it early. I mean, he could get hot. The guy can hit um, better than this, so I expect him to positively regress. But, man, things aren't looking good for Schwarber. I don't think I moved him outside of my top 100, like same as Michael Harris, but he's close. I think I did move him outside of my top 100. I think I moved him well outside. I've met 151. Yeah, you did. Okay, I did too, slightly. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, no, you're right. I, in, in hindsight, I feel like I shouldn't have ranked him as high as I did coming into the season because, I mean, last year was just such a, a obvious like I, career year for him. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, he has huge power. So like, that's not like 46 home runs. The fact that he would have 46 home runs at one point in his career doesn't shock me. But I mean it's still you're, that's one point in his career and it happened to be last year you know and yep. then he had 10 steals last year i mean that's something he never does right i uh, so like yeah and even then i mean he hit 218 so like you're right i mean the 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 threat of that dropping below 200 was always there and 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 that's where it is now well below 200 so i don't know there's something weird with the phillies this year it kind of they feel like the the national league's version of the white Sox or something where just something isn't <laughs> quite right you know it's not something's just not clicking like we we're talking about so many phillies players that are disappointing trey turner and jt real muto and schwarber and you know we could talk pitchers too i mean aaron nola's kind of not not quite been himself um you know so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this team, but uh, but Schwarber, yeah. I mean, I, I just you look at what he's been for most of his career, and it's kind of he's run hot and cold, and um, and when when it's cold, it's it's tough to have him in your lineup. That's for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy low on Schwarber. I would almost like wait for him to have a hot week and try and sell him because yeah, if you take away those ten steals from last year and he hits two hundred and hits thirty five homers, like he's not a you know. He's not a top 50 player. He might not be a top 100 player. I think those 10 steals really ballooned his roto value, you know, and if those are gone, which they probably will be, it's looking like that's, that's not great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I agree. I I think the one thing that does help him a little bit too, though, is that he does have a very high walk rate. Um, Mm -hmm. So like that tends to help him with the run score, but you know, in the past, I think he hit leadoff and now he's batting fifth. So like, that's not good for his value either. Yep. Absolutely. So another name on this list, I don't know if you have much to say about Xander Bogarts. Like we talked about him, might even have been two weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago, but he was I having think a... It was, I think that was one of our first mover and shaker episodes when we, we moved Xander Bogarts up our rankings. And yeah, he had a hot maybe start. that was Maybe, maybe that wasn't, uh, wasn't something we needed to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's tough. In April, you know, you get a guy like Xander Bogarts who you know is a really good player, and it's like, man, he's doing it in San Diego and you know the transition is going smoothly and then now he's he's not hitting well so I don't know like I think I'd just kind of ride it out with Xander he is a great player um so I don't know I don't have a whole lot to say about him I did move him down a little bit and we talked about shortstop earlier like he's not in that top seven or so uh but he's he's not far behind I mean the Padres are another team that's just kind of had across the board offensive struggles so they have i i don't know what's going on with that but he is running a bit more that's kind of the saving grace so maybe he maybe he's gonna get back to like 15 steals like he had in early in his boston days uh, which could make up for some things but i don't think he's getting back to 30 home runs yep some other middle infielders moving down tim anderson your boy andres jimenez uh brandon brandon lau you know tim anderson i'll just say real quick you mentioned the White Sox earlier, but like his launch angle is way down. I don't think he's hit a home run yet. And no. so 
he needs to he needs to do something there. Like this is a guy who we know can be a really good player. Bat three hundred, hit for power, all this. Uh, I just hope he's not like falling off a cliff here, like kind of age wise, because I've always liked Tim Anderson a lot, and I feel like he could turn things around. So he's a guy I would just sort of like bench for right now, and in, in hopes that he kind of figures something out and you know heats up in June. Yeah, I mean, he was never a huge home run guy, but like he only hit six in seventy nine games last year, and then zero in thirty eight games this year. So yeah, that means you're talking a hundred and seventeen games with six home runs. Like mm. that's that's killer, man. Like that is because he's not a huge steal guy either. I mean, he's like maybe a twenty steal guy, uh, but not a forty steal guy. So yep, um, yeah, you, you know, at this point. It's almost like, you know, you're hoping for, like, Luis Araya's numbers or something if he's not going to hit for any power at all. Yeah. Well, and then is Andres Jimenez still your boy? I know Michael Harris, you said, is still your boy. Jimenez, still 24 years old. Again, like, in, in keeper leagues and things, you got you got, you have to keep the faith. But for redraft, um, you know, you could, you could panic a little bit, I guess. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I'm worried. Yeah. I, I'm definitely worried. I mean, it's Batting just 227. Like, you know, he's still got good plate discipline. He's actually striking out less than ever this season. Yep. Um, but, like, you know, the contact is just weak. I mean, his expected batting average is right in line with that 227 batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can steal some bases, uh, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's disturbing because last year was such a breakthrough year for him. And it just seems like, uh, you know, now he's kind of looking more like he was in 2021, which is not, not what you want to see. Yeah. Let's hope the weak contact is like, you know, cause it's cold in Cleveland or something and he's going to, you know, start heating up, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I am worried a little bit about him and his. Yeah. And I'll say Brandon Lau, he was dropped in my league and nobody picked him up. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's and that's me included. So, yeah, uh, you know, the, the the scary part with with these guys, I think, is is always like, have you seen this play before? You know, and it's like Jimenez. We saw it in 2021. Brandon Lau, we saw it last year. I mean, last year he he basically was doing exactly what he's been doing this year, which is hit for a very low average um, with no speed and eight homers like last year it was eight homers in 65 games this year it's eight homers in 47 games so it's like yeah he's gonna get to like you know 25 30 home runs but with literally nothing else you know like uh so i it's yeah it's starting to seem like that that uh 2021 season was a big outlier for him which is scary so um and his k rate is over 30 percent this year uh, so it's not it's not pretty. Um, you know everything else is going well for the Rays, but not not Brandon Lau. Well, Matt Chapman, he's on the list for us. We knew he'd be on here at some point. He's ninety four percent rostered, and uh, you know he had a really hot April, cooled off in May. He, he he's he's been up and down a little bit lately. Like he's he's been hitting a little bit. Uh, he's got a couple home runs in the last two weeks, but he is he is sort of like slowly regressing back to that you know two twenty five hitter that I think Matt Chapman is <laughs> and. Uh, you know, it's just it's gonna if you if you got a good April out of Matt Chapman, Chapman congratulations. Um, but like, I don't that that ninety four percent rostered could easily dip to like seventy percent in a month when he just like has a super cold June. So I think he's just gonna regress like we think he will. Yep, yep. Gravity takes hold. Yep. <laughs> uh, Chris Bryant. I mean, like I I don't know, man. It's just 
Is 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 he just running out of juice at this point in his career? I don't know. He might be. I mean, like he, you know, he dealt with the injury last year. He's just he's just not hitting. Even at cores, like he's got all these over games. I mean, he's just not. Like at least I would think Chris Bryant could bat two eighty, two ninety, and and maybe he will. Um, but just like, yeah, I, I just don't. There's nothing really that exciting about Chris Bryant. I thought there would be in cores last year, and then he dealt with the injury, and I'm like, all right, he's kind of like a post hype, you know trade you know going to cores he's kind of post type people forget about it a little bit but i just i'm not excited about chris bryant anymore yeah it's starting he's starting to just feel like charlie blackman where it's like they used to be great and they play in colorado (laughs) but it's just not the same anymore nope Nope. yeah and uh ian happ i mean you know this is another one where it's just sort of like you know ian happ is ian happ you know and he got (laughs) off to a a hot start but like he's back to being ian happ now yeah, I had Ian Happ uh, as like an offer for something in a league, and uh, I don't even remember what it was. But my first thought was just like, "Yeah, it's Ian Happ. I know what this is. I don't want. It. I just don't want him on my team." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's this this group of guys we just wanted to talk about who like got off to great starts, came yeah. out of nowhere, sort of, and now uh, they're crashing back down to reality. You've titled this "It Was All a Dream," and uh, yeah. <laughs> James Outman, Brent Rooker, Christopher Morrell. Uh, all of these guys just were completely on fire to start the year and have really, really struggled lately. Uh, which of these three do you like best rest of season? Ooh, best rest of season. Honestly, it might be Rooker uh, because I I worry that Morell could like the plan. Like when he came up, my thought was like, well, Nico Horner comes back, Morell might get sent back down. Uh, they've got some moving parts. They, I think they got. Did they outright cut Eric Hosmer? I think they did. But yeah. In any event, like DFA I just him, yeah. I worry about the playing time there. Uh, and Altman, again, kind of similar. Like he's he's played like three games this week, you know. So the playing time isn't there. He's not starting every day. When he is starting, he's not hitting. I, I'm not. I just it looks like a hot start to me. So Rooker, even though he has been struggling lately, I do think that like the A's will play him. So like he might play in a points league. I could also see him getting hot again. Like his numbers weren't terrible. And he just seemed like he could be a solid player. So, like, I'll say he'll have the best, the most value rest of the season. But I don't know that I'm going to be rostering any of these guys. Hmm. Who do you like yeah. best? I think I like Morrell the best. I just think he's the most dynamic of them. Although, I guess you could say Outman is the most dynamic. But I, I just, uh, Outman, I agree. I, I think he's definitely going to struggle to get playing time. I mean, it's just hard to get playing time. Uh, with the Dodgers, um, I, I think Morel, uh, as long as this slump doesn't extend too long, I think he'll still play because he's because that's that's still a team that's looking more towards the future than the present. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see about the playing time. I think you're right. Like if 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 the playing time is there, if he stays up, uh, Morel does have some some nice upside. I mean, the guy hit what was it? It's like five or six games in a row with a home run. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And again, like we saw this last year with him too. Like really yeah. high highs and really low lows. <laughs> Yeah, strikes out a lot, but yeah, he can, he can get hot. Yeah. Uh, so then pitchers who are struggling, um, which of these four names <laughs> do you consider to be bylows, and which ones do you not consider to be bylows? Lance Lynn, Nestor Cortez, Hugh Darvish, Freddie Peralta. They're all uh, suffering some pretty, pretty tough struggles right now. Yeah, well, the wound is pretty fresh on Lance Lynn, considering he gave up eight eight runs today. I, I, was it three home runs? Um, 
Yeah, two, it, I think it was like two to Otani and one to Trout. <laughs> so he's so he's got to be leading the league and giving up home runs now. Um, I, I I don't have that in front of me, but like off the top of my head, he's up there. If he's not one, he's two. Um, so like the wound's fresh there. I I don't think that Lynn is a buy low. He's someone who's on the waiver wire in a shallow league that I'm in, and I didn't pick him up. Like I have enough pitching, and I'm glad I didn't pick him up. I, I think I'm just going to leave him there. I think the name that like excites me the most is probably you darvish just because he's been so good and just like his teammate joe musgrove like these are guys who we've seen be really good i think the padres like you said they're struggling i could see them really turning it around like you know they were they were one of the odds on favorites to even win the world series preseason they have a really good roster so i know that that doesn't mean that you darvish is suddenly going to be good but i just mean like i've seen the track record he can strike out a lot of guys uh, we've also seen you Darvish had have struggles in his career. So like he could be having a rough month and he could turn it around. So he's the one I'm buying out of this group. What about you? Yeah, I would definitely buy Darvish. Um, you know, his underlying numbers are, are better, a lot better than his, than his actual numbers. Um, you know, 461 ERA is X ERA is 366, uh, XFIP 395. Yeah. Um, strikeout rate is solid. Walk rate isn't that bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that he is due for some positive regression, and and just like you said, I mean, we've seen it enough from him. We know, we know he's a solid pitcher, and and he will be. Yep. Um, I think Nestor Cortez is also a decent buy. Um, you know, he's been uh, so good the last two seasons, and then this year it's been rough. But, uh, you know, his ERA is five sixteen. His X ERA is three sixty nine. So that's like a mm. massive difference. Um. You know, uh, otherwise, like you know, his strikeout rates down a little bit, his walk rates up a little bit, but not not huge amounts. You know, I mean, he's given up a lot of home runs. His BABIP against is really high right now. His le- his strand rate, left on base rate, is really low. It's just all the classic things that point towards a correction coming that will benefit him. So, um, you know, I think uh, he's been too good the last two seasons uh, for me to be that worried. I-, I think the fact he's got that ERA over five, like might make him a real obtainable uh, pitcher right now because like yep. there's a big difference between a pitcher that has an area over four and an area over five you know like when people have a pitcher with an area over five they're probably pretty uh fed up with that guy at this point yeah i think uh i would put him in that order for me I, if i were trying to buy low on these four it would be darvish nestor cortez then i'd probably go freddie peralta and i'd leave uh, lance lynn left for dead at this point <laughs> Yeah, I mean Freddie Peralta worries me too, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's he's a vet, he's always kind of felt like he's got like great natural stuff, but he doesn't feel like a pitcher. You know, like um, he just doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't quite <laughs> seem like he's mastered the craft. Um, but he does have a, a a pretty good track record in terms of like dominant innings. He just he's he's not an innings eater. I mean, like he's he usually has an injury and and you never really expect him to make it through a whole season to begin with. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like his, his underlying numbers suggest a little bit of positive regression, but not as much as those other guys, you know? And, yep. uh, and I just don't trust the track record as much either. So he would, yeah, maybe ahead of Lance Lynn, but definitely not on the same level as, as Darvish and uh, Cortez for me. Yep. Totally agree. And in fact, like if I were just going to offer the advice, I'd say buy low on those first two and just, not by low on the other two, but I was just kind of yeah. putting them in order. Yeah, exactly. I agree. We're, yep. we're on the same page. Uh, demotions. Brandon Fott 
has been uh, sent down. Just, I still think he's going to be a good pitcher at some point, but he did not look ready for prime time. And I guess you could say the same thing about Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like I, I had him in, in the league, really excited for him, held on, held on to him about as long as I could. And I actually dropped him before his last start. So I didn't get that one on my, uh, you know, in my stats, which I was pretty <laughs> happy about. So, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about it as an Oriole fan, but yeah, s- same thing. Like both of these guys could come back up in a month. Uh, so like depending on what kind of league you're in, um, I really think like more and more just as the way the season plays out, it'd be nice to have like a taxi squad or something, even in like a redraft league, you know, to where you had like could could stash some of these guys and not have to drop them because there's just been so many, you know, this year and so many kind of going up and down. So, well, you know. it's a good advertisement for playing Dynasty, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then injuries. Uh, Cedric Mullins uh, lands on the IL. Yep. Uh, hopefully that's only going to be a couple weeks, but it's hard to say, right? Yeah, and speed's a big part of his game. So, like, you know, it's a it's a groin injury, groin strain. Um, so, yeah, like, I moved him down maybe 30, 40 spots overall, which is considerable because it's like if he misses two, three weeks and then comes back and, like, could re-injure or maybe he's not stealing bases or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm optimistic cautiously, but, like, I, I did move him down my rest of the season rankings. Uh, looks like about about as much as you did. Yeah, it's it is concerning anytime it's a leg injury or a you know groin injury that they the yeah they may not run as much because it's you know those steals are more valuable to fantasy than they are to real life baseball. Let's be honest. Yeah, and then um, Cody Bellinger, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll mention him because uh, I actually talked. I think I texted you about this one because uh, a league made of mine. I, I think I made him an offer, uh, Luis Severino for Josh Lowe, and this was like a week or two ago, and he came back and offered Cody Bellinger, and I thought. Okay, if Bellinger were healthy, I'm I might consider that. But like Severino had just come back finally, you know, and is looking good. So I didn't pull the trigger. Um, Want to see what happens with Bellinger because like he's scheduled to hit in the cage. It looks like according to a Yahoo blurb here. But like, yeah, like we haven't seen it yet. So I don't know what's going on with his knee. I hope hopefully it's not nothing major. It, you know, we're seeing some we're getting some positive news. But until I see it, like I'm not going to trade for him. <laughs> That's for sure. And I've definitely moved him down my rankings slightly. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like he's getting pretty close to returning. Like, the yeah. other name we have here is Tyra Estrada, and of the three, I mean, mm-hmm. Mullins and Estrada just recently landed on the IL. Bellinger's already been on the IL for a little while, and it sounds like he could be pretty close to coming back. But, you know, one thing about Bellinger is he got off to a really hot start as a hitter, and then he started slumping a little bit with the bat, but he was stealing bases mm-hmm. at a high rate. And so, you know, like we were saying with Mullins, you just don't know. Like, is he going to continue to steal bases after suffering the knee injury? It's hard to say. So, yep. um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic. I've got him stashed in my league. But, um, you know, hopefully he can just start hitting uh, like he was in the beginning of the season. Because that's like the more sustainable path to his value than the, than the stolen bases, I think. Yep, for sure. And then we've got some pitchers to round this thing out. Justin Steele actually left his start today with some forearm tightness, which is never like to hear the words forearm tightness together like no. that. Um, so, you know, before, you know, we, we updated our rankings this evening. I, I moved him down a bit, but we'll have to wait and see on that. And then Eduardo Rodriguez hit the IL. I think it's a finger issue, which it sounds a little bit interesting. Like, 
it's not really like a typical injury that pitchers get. So I don't know how he got it, but it could end up being months. Like your your note in this says, what did you hear about his injury? His injury? Well, it's like a ruptured pulley tendon or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's not one that you read about a lot, but it does. It, it sounds like he could miss multiple months. Um, you know, for me, Justin Steele and Eduardo Rodriguez were both pitching over their heads. Yep. So, like, they were due for regression even if they didn't get hurt, but it still sucks to for them to, to, to get hurt and uh, potentially miss significant time. Yep, and the last guy on our list, Pete Fairbanks, is back to the IL uh, with a hip issue. And there, there's not really a whole lot of uh, information as far as like how how long it might be. You know, what I'm reading on Yahoo is like, it, you know, return at some point in June seems reasonable, but it's just like it's very nebulous. And like, just goes to show you that like we've been talking about Jason Adam like for the last month and saying like even when Fairbanks was back, like don't drop him, like keep him. And even when Fairbanks comes back, even if it's a month from now, like hold Jason Adam, keep him in your lineup. Like he'll get some saves. So that's that's my takeaway from this. Yeah, that's that's been my strategy with that bullpen from day one. And, yeah, I don't know. Uh, hips are pretty important in baseball. Whether you're pitching or hitting, that's kind of the most important part of your body for performing, honestly. Everything comes from the hips. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. About, hopefully Fairbanks, you know, makes a quick recovery. But it's one of those things where you just – until you see him ramping up in, in rehab uh, outings and, and being fine – uh, you just have that little question mark. I still much prefer a hip injury to to an arm injury, but uh, but it's still not ideal. Yeah, I like no injuries personally. <laughs> yeah, those are my favorite kind too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Whew. that was uh, that was a action packed episode. Thank you all for uh, bearing with us and staying uh, tuned in. Uh, hopefully, that helps you uh, with your trade talks and your waiver wire moves and what have you. Um, but if you have questions for us, we're always happy to help you out with them. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.